Hey everyone, welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. That is me, I am your host, and this is a show where I talk to my friends and other interesting people about whatever they have on their minds right now. Generally, that is adoption-related stuff, because I am a Korean-American adoptee, and that is a topic that I like to spend a lot of time on. Um, But it can be anything sports-related, it can be society related it can be comic book related hopefully in the future because i love comic books um anything it can be about anything and today you're listening to this on thursday january 5th i am recording it one day prior and it was supposed to have come out on the first of january as you'll have noticed from the episode title this is episode four and generally when i release these episodes i am with a guest And this would be about the time that I'd be talking about that guest, hyping them up and telling you a little bit about them before I bring them on to the show. But unfortunately, as you may have known from my Instagram stories, I did not book a guest for this episode. In fact, I did not even record it in time to release it when it was supposed to be released. So I'm doing that now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about why I did not book a guest. And just to be fully transparent, the reason is I just dropped the ball on it. Very anticlimactic, very much. If you've been listening to this podcast, you're like, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I'm going to go ahead and not listen anymore. Wouldn't blame you. It does very much feel like I am kind of just winging it. Um, but I can promise you that that is not my intent or my intention. It just got away from me last month, December. A lot of things were going on and it was incredible. It was great. It was a good time for me, a good time for my family, but um, it did end up not working out in the way I wanted it to for the specific things, for conversation piece, even for the newsletter, um, which I sent out a few days ago as well also late. So, you know, I, um, I started this podcast and the newsletter itself to be more intentional, to be more, to make sure that I was putting myself in a position to have this out on time, to do things in the way that they need to be done from a deadline perspective, especially as I think about what my future personal career is going to look like. You know, I wanted to do and take on some projects that were really my own things and prove to myself that I could do those things and hit those deadlines that I imposed on myself. And this is the first time that I have not hit the deadline. So I might have recorded up onto the deadline um, and released those same days. But this is the first time that I fully blew past it, did not make it. And I'm trying to hold myself accountable to that. Um, I know that there are some people who are listening who are like, you need to give yourself some more grace and I will definitely do that. Um, I think I've been trying to do that and, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm at peace with the fact that I'm missing a few days because honestly, like in the grand scheme of the world, not important. (laughs) Me putting this podcast out on time, not important. Me putting my newsletter out on time, not important. Um, important in my own personal world, but you know, in the grander scheme of the universe, 
probably not the most important thing. And I'm going to take a little sip of coffee real quick. If this is your first time joining us, thank you very much. I appreciate you having made it all the way four minutes in of me explaining why uh, this is not a particular or a typical episode of Conversation Piece. Um, you know, this was also, this podcast specifically was also started so I could have these more in-depth conversations and uh, with folks who were, who weren't necessarily Korean adoptees or weren't necessarily Asian American, I feel like that is a niche and a conversation and a community that I find myself in a lot, obviously, because I identify as those things. But, um, you know, in this effort to, in this effort to understand others better, in this effort to just be better myself, you know, I want to make sure I'm having those different conversations. And that's one of the driving cruxes of this podcast is having those types of conversations. And unfortunately, that is not what we're doing this week. Um, probably will be a little bit shorter episode too. Don't know why I just said that right there, but I am saying it now. Um, but I am going to have... Um, a discussion with myself, I guess. And then anyone who wants to chime in after the fact, after they listen to this, um, about a topic that I just wrote about specifically failure and not necessarily fairly, not necessarily failure, but what success looks like. And so I recently wrote a post about not always, or feeling like I was supposed to fail. And one of those drivers of that was growing up, I did not see a person of renown or success often who looked like me. And when I did see those people, I think I was already in a deep state of rejection where it did not register that that was what success could look like. Additionally, I think the versions of success that I would end up seeing as I was growing up, and this is something I didn't touch on in this post of Asians and Asian Americans being successful were always relegated to celebrity. So movie stars like Jet Li or Jackie Chan um, or people on TV. I'm trying to think of even people on TV, I guess like Lucy Liu. Um, they're journalists like Lisa Ling, Connie Chung, uh, who I was tangentially aware of. Also athletes, um, um, like Michelle Kwan and I'm Heinz Ward, I guess, who I did find out or who I did learn that was half Korean. And that was kind of cool. But again, in that state of rejection, I was like, I didn't think of it as like, oh, I could be like Heinz Ward. But even in all of those, even those were all different categories, I feel like those were all different versions of celebrity. And so I feel like that was the only, I didn't see like, Asian American presidents of universities or business leaders. I wasn't just, I just wasn't aware that that was happening. And I know that if you look at data, if you look at some of these most recent McKinsey studies that have come out, you'll see that for the most part, there really weren't people who looked like me in those positions, maybe even back then in the 90s and the 2000s, um, in the early 2010s. Still working, Asian Americans specifically still working their ways up into these other, these executive level, C-suite level positions, um, which we would, could, would generally categorize as success. And so that, all of that, and especially growing up that 
not seeing Asian Asian people, people who look like myself, people who look like the person I saw in the mirror every day in positions of success, I think maybe internalized a feeling that I was not supposed to succeed. And my adoptive parents and my family, honestly, never made me feel like I wasn't supposed to do that. They encouraged me to do my best and and to push for success, I guess, not in like an unhealthy way in in my opinion, from what I remember, but just like you can do it, the especially in like grade school and middle school and leading into high school, um, like grades were a big thing. So obviously like you getting A's is, you know, an equivalent of success, I would say. And that's probably how we were looking at it back then. But um I had that support, you know, I had that support for my family, but just because I wasn't able to see more frequently or more, and when I did see it wasn't registering, it wasn't clicking, it wasn't sticking in my mind, I feel like I just internalized that feeling of I shouldn't succeed, I'm not supposed to succeed because success does not look like me, does not look like a person who looks like myself. And so... Honestly, that's how I moved through my whole life. And I talked about in my post about how I would, when the, when I, I'm a really good interviewer. I think I'm a really good interviewer. I think every time that I've been able to get my foot in the door and then actually get in the door and have an interview, I've tend to be been offered the job or gotten the job. Um, not to brag or anything. I just feel like that's the track record of my career, my professional career. And, but when like things got really difficult at jobs or when I got fed up or disillusioned with the companies I was at, I would kind of like feel that feeling of failure creep back up into onto my shoulder, into my mind saying, you know, you're not supposed to be successful. This is like what you're feeling now is always supposed to happen. You're never gonna, you weren't supposed to go forward. You weren't supposed to do well. Um, and this is the part where it all comes crumbling down. And so that happened a lot in my professional career, a lot, a lot, a lot. And, um, you know, I think that was, again, that was just what it was. A It was kind of foundational in my thinking because that was what I had thought and saw for so many years, for 20 years, you know, 18 years in the town I grew up in. And then because it had solidified in my mind that this was what it was supposed to be. Um, when I went to college, when I lived in San Diego, when I lived in all these different places, I still felt that feeling. And when I was seeing Asians and Asian Americans being successful in things that weren't just celebrity driven, um, or at least had celebrity come with it, I won't say they were driven by celebrity, but like the positions of Asians, American, Asian Americans in certain spaces brings with it that celebrity. I, um, I just wasn't, it didn't click. It just didn't click with me. And, you know, that's a, it's a larger conversation about the systemic issues of transracial adoption specifically. And the amount of, or the lack of cultural awareness from white adoptive parents um, and making sure that the adoptee in their lives has the opportunity to em- engage and embrace their culture, even if they don't want to. But also that also means, which I talked about a lot before, that adoptive parents also has to be willing 
and actively engaging in those cultural things, adding them into their day to day lives. So that way it is mirrored for your adopt for the adoptee in your life to then pick up and, and take and, and take advantage of the opportunity if they want, because they're not always going to take advantage of that. I didn't when I was younger. And I think that sentiment that I had of not picking it up um, kind of triggered in my parents' minds that like, okay, he shouldn't do this. Like we should just assimilate, not worry about connecting with Korean or Asian culture in any way. And so again, attributing or contributing to the internalization of whiteness, internalization of racism against myself and that self-doubt, that loathing, that, that, yeah, I guess loathing, self-loathing that I felt for a really long time about being Asian. Because again, didn't have that, didn't really have the opportunities to connect with anything from my culture and country of origin. So yes, I for- <laughs> I'm going to take another sip of coffee because I feel like I forgot where I was going with that, but I do remember. Give me one second. This is the only podcast where you're going to get every single thing I record and I'm not going to cut any of it out. <laughs> um, and so, yes, so that's what, for me, that's what success looked like. It looked like failure and it looked like you weren't ever supposed to achieve that. And honestly, it wouldn't be until these last three years of going on this journey, this identity journey of unpacking who I am as not only Asian, but as an adopted person. And as an American, you know, in the intersection of all those, all of those different things. And it wouldn't be until then where I saw different versions of success for what Asians and Asian Americans could achieve um, in a professional way. And, you know, I really, I um, attribute a lot of that to Jerry Wan for, taking me under his wing for giving me opportunities to see the differences uh, that really make up our community, especially dear Asian Americans, you know, just listening to that podcast, listening to people tell their stories of where they came from and how they got to where they were supposed to go and feeling kind of a lot of similar things, especially if they grew up in predominantly white communities that, you know, you just don't see what success looks like. And then, Unlike a lot of those folks, you know, I'd never in college pursued community with other Asian Americans because I didn't feel like that was my community. And so instead of utilizing that community and becoming part of that community and then launching from there, it would be another 10, 15 years before I was able to take that step. And then honestly start seeing again what that success could look like for someone who looks like me, for the person that I see in the mirror every morning when I wake up and go to go into the bathroom, <laughs> um, you know, I can see, I, I was starting to see that. And so that has been a big part of my journey over, especially the last six months. And honestly, that accelerated part of this journey is what has led me to be able to feel comfortable enough and uncomfortable enough to take a risk of stepping away from corporate space and saying, I'm going to try and build my own business uh, through speaking and through leading workshops and, and um, working with organizations and schools and agencies on whether it's telling my own story or helping 
people within those spaces learn how to advocate and utilize their own voice by understanding that their story and their voice matters. And here's how we can do that. And telling my story of how I reached that point through the lens of that transracial adoption piece. Um, and really feeling again, on top of that discomfort, that anxiousness, that nervousness, that fear of taking such a big jump that it's on top of that, it's the excitement. Like I feel very, very excited about what 2023 holds because honestly, (laughs) the only other time that I've really felt this is when I met my now wife, Emily was this sense of unlimited possibility where I was like, Oh, I can kind of do anything with this. When, when was her was like, with this person, it's like, Oh, I can envision this whole other life for myself that I never really thought about before. or Wasn't thinking about before and entering 2023 on the heels of everything that happened in December, but really on the heels of everything happened in the last half of 2022. I feel that same, like, really bubbly excitement of limitless possibility for what I can achieve and what I can do in my own personal and professional career as an entrepreneur, as a solo business person in whatever capacity or whatever form that looks like. And feeling, you know, again, yes, really, really excited about what is coming down the pipe in 2023. And so... Yeah, and I'm excited to, and I guess to to wrap up this this conversation about success and what success looks like. You know, for me, I wrote in the post, success right now looks like just being able to make a post about this type of topic, but also being able to, again, bet on myself and take this risk and try and do something that a younger version of myself would never, ever have thought of. It wasn't even on the radar in my mind even five, 10 years ago or five or six years ago. I wasn't thinking about that. And now here I am taking a big leap, taking a big risk because I found my way through out of rejection, through reclamation into acceptance and even a higher version of acceptance of myself and all of these pieces, seeing all of these different Asians and Asians, seeing all of the different people that make up our community, be successful in so many different ways is just so invigorating and it's so inspiring that it almost feels like a disservice to our community to not say, I'm going to take this chance on myself and see what I can do. You know, it's, and that's what success looks like for me right now. And then success moving forward looks like a bunch of different things. You know, I've got some hard set goals for the end of the year that I really want to be at. I've got six month goals specifically pertaining to this business that I'm trying to build that I'm excited about trying to hit and trying to reach and, you know, reevaluating in that six month period. I've got the three month, the one month goals, and I've got literally goals for the weeks and the days. And it seems like I'm, I'm doing a lot of goals, but, um, you know, gradually building and extrapolating out of those building towards the big goals, but extrapolating out of and working backwards from those big goals has allowed me to to be confident in some of the planning that I've done so far to, again, give me the confidence to take this risk. And so looking ahead, like right now in January, my biggest focus and another reason that I feel like I've been kind of all over the place, and this is why some of these things are coming out so late, is being really focused on the big project. Uh, One of the big projects that I'm working on leading into this year, um, which are the Dear Asian American Makers Markets events that are happening 
first two happening at the in the third week of January. So on Wednesday, the 18th in Boston, and then on the 20th in Washington, D.C. So specifically, these makers markets are night or Asian American or Asian night market style events where we are coming together to celebrate and amplify uh, Asian American small business owners and entrepreneurs and to really celebrate our community ourselves, celebrate this new year, this new chapter that we're entering into and to also celebrate just what we've done and what we're continuing to do as a community because we're coming out of, we're still experiencing lots of trauma and Unfortunately, while that's changing and I think there is there are places that it's getting better, there's some places that it's getting worse, I think, and there's some places where it hasn't really changed at all. And so the moments that we get to be able to come together and celebrate the the positive things that are happening in our community, the different versions of what success looks like in our community, I think is really important. And I'm very, very lucky and privileged to be able to take uh, play a part in all of this and in the planning side of it. And then also on the hosting side of it, when we actually get to the event dates. So if you're in Boston or DC, would love to have you come through. I don't know if the event bride is up yet. I don't believe that it is, but that should be going up pretty soon. Um, and uh, yeah, so that is the big thing that's happening in January that I'm really focused on. The other thing that I'm focused on outside of just outreach and trying to schedule and and get a bunch of speaking opportunities on the books for this year is um, being intentional about my one-on-one time with folks uh, who want to just sit down and have a conversation. I met a lot of really incredible people over the last couple of years, and I have not been the best about um, keeping up with everybody, but not only keeping up with everybody, but like making time to make sure that I'm checking in and, and just building and and fostering and facilitating that relationship. And so that is another thing. That's another thing that I'm trying to work on this month and through the rest of the year is being more intentional about that. I feel like I'm kind of having a deja vu, deja vu moment of having already talked about this once, but anyways, that's uh, something else that I'm working on, uh, especially trying to drive into high gear in January. So, you know, that's what, that's what it looks like in the short term. In the long term, you know, it's having done a number of different having taken advantage of another a number of different opportunities from a speaking perspective to be able to share my story and to be able to share the story of how and to be able to share with people that your voice matters and here's why. Um, and even if you don't feel it right now, even if you feel like my voice doesn't matter, you know, that's okay. I know what that, and I know what that feels like. And I know a lot of people who knows what, who know what that feels like. It doesn't always have to feel like that. And it doesn't always have to be that way. And what I hope to do is be able to share about how one person was able to go through that and some of the different things that have helped me along that way, along my path in order to be able to feel comfortable, confident with tackling the discomfort of whatever it is of, uh, of specifically feeling like my story doesn't matter within my own life, but also within the wider tapestry of, of the world of my communities of, of whatever it is. And I'm still working through that, which is, I think, the biggest point to make when it comes to trying to find that, trying to find a way to saying and believing that my voice matters. But that's that's part of life. That's part of life. So 
really excited about driving that in the long term. You know, I uh, I feel pretty confident myself. I feel confident in my ability to reach out and make connections and to to have fruitful, positive, productive conversations with a number of different folks. And now it's all about just making it happen. So I'll, I will take this time to say if you are looking for to fill uh, some speaking spots over the rest of this year and you got a little extra money in the budget, I'd love to have a conversation with you and see how we could work together to have that kind of conversation. So you can also continue to follow me here on the podcast, but you can also follow me, patrickintheworld.me. That is my website. I'm at Patrick in the World on most social medias, specifically LinkedIn and Instagram. If you want to follow me there, that's where you can stay up to date on all of my content. Usually you'll know that if I have another situation like this, <laughs> that'll be where I'm telling people. So um, I appreciate if you're still here as we approach minute 25, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate everyone that signed up for the newsletter so far, everybody that's taken the time to um, be a part of this podcast, uh, whether as a guest or as a listener, people who have supported me via buy me a coffee or Venmo or PayPal, I really, really appreciate y'all. I really appreciate everyone who has just continued to encourage me to take these steps and these risks, you know, um, wouldn't be able to do it without you. And I hope to continue to do it as we go forward. And, and this be, and this continues to be a large part of my own personal brand and business. So excited for what 2023 has to bring, excited to continue to have these conversations with myself and with other folks. Um, Again, if you are new here and you've made it to this point, thank you so much. Next episode will be our half episode series that will come out on the 15th. And generally, I've been doing these live on Instagram simultaneously as I record them. So make sure to follow me at Patrick in the world if you want to check that out. Generally about between like 8 and 10 a.m. on the East Coast. So if you want to hop in, say hi, just see how that goes. You are more than welcome to. You can definitely join us. Would love to have you. Um... That's all I got for right now. And I appreciate y'all being patient with me as I pop these peas and work to get this episode out. Um, really excited to chase success and to have a better understanding of failure this year. And excited to see where we go, uh, where I go individually and where we go as a community. So hit me up. Let's work together. Let's have these conversations. And until the 15th, I'll see you then.